The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host, for the show that defends public health by simplifying and demystifying how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into freedom, a healthy gut, and staying young, this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got my really good friend, Coach Lynn Wiltshire in the house. And today we are going to be chatting about navigating breast cancer medically and naturally, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty of this. So stick around to the end too. We've got, um, I've got something I want to share with you guys, but it's really important. This topic is so important because what we're going to do here today with Lynn is we're going to give you guys an inside glimpse of cancer. Um, what it's like when you get the diagnosis, what's going through your mind, all this stuff, what happens when you go into the medical, um, uh, offices and stuff like that. And you're talking with the docs and, you know, kind of an inside peek um, for those of you that um, might have just got recently diagnosed with breast cancer, or you might know somebody, this would be a good episode to share kind of what to expect because Lynn was able to go in with a different set of lenses. And then those lenses have been getting clearer and clearer throughout the years. She actually had breast cancer, uh, did some work, you know, got some surgery, did some change in the lifestyle, healed herself, but then slipped back into old ways and a lot of stresses that come up. And we're going to be talking about stress today too and how important that is um, when dealing with breast cancer. So Lynn Wilshire, thank you so much for uh, being back on the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Tim. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and just so you guys know, Lynn's actually, uh, she's one of the coaches at chemicalfreebody.com and, um, and one of my personal friends and pretty much like my sister. Okay. So, um, we're sis and bro here and, uh, we're going to be speaking from the heart. We just wanted to get this information out to you guys. Cause I think it's really important her story and what she's gone through, um, and what she's continuing to go through on a daily basis to, and we just want to help you give you kind of a map so that you guys can navigate, you know, breast cancer and not just breast cancer, but you know, all cancer or debilitating diseases and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's kind of a, you know, some foundational, uh, uh, things, that we can do to boost our immune system and heal ourselves. And, but we also want to give you that insight of going into the, to the medical community and kind of what that's like today. All right. Yeah. So Lynn, let's just get into your backstory. I know we I had you on, like, I think it was episode uh, 50. Actually, we <laughs> talked about, uh, you know, awareness and your four stressors. We did talk about your background a little bit. So let's just go. I know you were a, um, you were a dance instructor, um, yep. you're a life coach. You've been coaching for over 20 years. You're a great, uh, great coach, helping people grow their businesses and, and have a good life. Um, so what, what exactly, um, just in, in your words, like how did you, you knowing what you know, how, how, knowing what you know now, how did you contract cancer the first time? What do you think caused it? You know, I believe it, it started a long time ago, Tim. I think it started back with the conditioning of being a child. We are all born into this family community and family unit, and we're told certain things as a child, and, and we get this deep programming. And my deep programming was cancer runs in our family. It might be for you 
diabetes runs in your family, heart disease runs in your family, right? Well, for me, it was cancer. My sister died of cancer at 21. My grandmother died of breast cancer. My great-grandmother died of breast cancer, stomach cancer, lung cancer with uncles and, and aunts. So this programming that came in my life was just all the time, cancer runs in our family. So when you get that in your mind, you know, it's the study of epigenetics, which is the belief that we can change our genetics by changing our behavior. But as children, we are born into this family unit. So I think it started there, honestly. Mm-hmm. However, 12 years ago, when I was diagnosed the first time, I was going through heavy stress with a divorce and um, thinking like, how am I going to save my home, raise my son? Um, how, old, how old was your son at the time? Because Quinn was pretty young. Oh, yeah. 12 years ago, he was 12 years old, 11 years old, something like that. Okay, so young and, son. And it was a rough divorce, too, because you had, um, you know, there was business. Inf- infidelity there. Yes. And then there was also um, you guys, your your ex-husband and you also had a, a business together. So like we said before, it's like it was like two divorces because I actually had a business partner, had to go through that legal stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. like going through a freaking divorce. Right? It is a divorce. You so know, you, you have to hire divorces. attorneys to go in and go through the business and, and right. separate it. So there was all this thought of like stress. Yeah, stress. How am I going to move on with my life? And when you don't have a reserve right? When you're depleted, because now you have this rejection and infidelity, you feel like you're so minimal, like you don't really feel strong, you don't have that reserve. When you're centered, when we are centered as human beings, we're not pulled over here by emotion, we're not pulled over here um, from addiction. We're not pulled over here in circumstances. We're in our center. We're in our spiritual centered place. We're making good choices. And we know what that feels like. But when you're being pulled in so many directions, you know, you're just depleted, 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 depleted. You're not adding good things to your deposit. And so I, I was just like constantly thinking in my mind, I was in my mind, that's what it was. I was in my mind thinking, how, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Deplete, deplete, pull, 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 instead of giving back to me. So, you know, fast forward, when I got cancer again, I went to it a different way. Hold on a second. So the first time though, you were on the standard American diet, correct? Pretty much. I mean, you were probably healthier than most, but you were still eating. You mean 12 years ago? Yeah, the first time, yeah. The first time I got cancer, no, I did a lot of research and I went um, mostly no, plant-based. up to the cancer, up to the cancer. Oh, standard eat. American diet. Okay, so yeah, there's a big takeaway for those listening. Yeah. Standard American diet, okay? The cooked foods, the fried foods, all that garbage, junk, the pastas, pastry, you know, all the stuff we love, lasagna and all these Wine. things. <laughs> it, it, it can be made healthily, healthily, but most of the stuff's not, especially if you're going to, right. you know, grocery stores, um, you know, if a healthy grocery store, 85% of it's not good for you. And then, and these, um, you know, Processed restaurants you go and- to, they're just trying to get stuff there as cheap as they can to make a profit. Um, yeah. they, so, so you were on the standard American diet. You had a tremendous amount of stress, basically two divorces, uh, the business and the husband, you had a young child that you had to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had some stuff going on with your mom at the time, right? That was kind of starting to happen. She was needing some help. She was living f- a couple hour and a half away, two hours away, and you were traveling to see her and help her out because her she was divorced and living by herself 
Good um, memory. Yeah. Yeah. He, she had lost her husband to cancer. And so, yeah, I was helping her over the phone and she was very highly depressed and that was a stressor on me. And I would go down to see her and help her with her house. She had two acres down at the beach and, um, yeah, that, that was a pull. That was definitely a pull. And I was helping her with her bills and things like that. Did you have, so, so after the divorce part, then I'm sure there was, was there some financial stress there as well? Oh yeah. Like, because you don't, you've lost the trust, right? So I'm supposed to be getting a certain amount of money, but you don't know where the money's coming from. So that was in my mind also. So I had to keep marketing and, and keep working and, and find different ways of earning income so I could keep my home. Okay. But there was like some money coming in from the divorce. Right. Not a lot. All right. So the, the, the point I'm making here is for the listeners is like leading up to this, why wouldn't disease manifest itself? Think about it. Mm-hmm. You're eating toxic foods that have no nutrient value pretty much. Right. Um, we live in this polluted world. Like, my whole company, chemicalfreebody.com, has been built around bringing awareness to these chemical toxins. When you have children being born today with over 180 cancer-causing chemicals in their blood, it's in the umbilical cord blood, umbilical cord, yeah. we have problems. Okay, we have problems, and people have to wake the F up and understand that like, this stuff isn't going away. It's not an isolated incident. And why is cancer spiking? We have 100, and it's 180 cancer-causing chemicals are in the babies, all of them. And the older you are, the more time you've had to bioaccumulate these. I've been talking about this for like 11 years, right? It's like, it's just so. And then when a woman is taking care of kids and she's stressed and she has illness or a man, either or, what do you do? You go and, and you're worried about finances. You go where, the, where it's easy, right? You go to the takeout, fast food. Mm-hmm. You go into the packaged foods, McDonald's or mac and cheese, all this processing. So you pull from things that are cheap, easy, fast, because you don't know where else to go. And the same thing can happen in relationships too. You get nervous about finances and you jump into bed with another girl or another dude. And it's like, hey, I, this guy kind of likes him. I kind of like him. And you know, and then there's some money there. And then that could be another. I mean, people do it. I mean, people do that. Um, another so stressor. It's just stress yeah. causes um, bad choices. Right. Okay. So I just wanted to preface that because that's a really important point. Why are we getting sick in the first place? And if you go into the medical community and ask them why you get cancer, they don't know. It's like, how can you treat something when you don't know what's causing the, what's the root cause? That makes no sense to me. Like if you actually take common sense and think about it, what's causing the problem? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to fix it. It's like what mechanic would, Hey, I, I don't know what's wrong with your car. I've looked it all over, but I'm, I, I did my best. I think I fixed it. Well, either fixed it or you didn't. Yeah. And, and you're bringing up a good point. Like, why are we getting sick? And you just brought up the point, well, we're already polluted in the umbilical cord and we're eating all this processed food. And, and where does disease manifest? 85% of the time it's the gut, right? Yep. So all this stress accumulates in the stomach and the digestive system. We have terrible microbiome and we're, we're, we're polluted in our gut yep. Yep. and we don't understand why you know, like we think pellets coming out of our butt is good or runny stools or blood in our stools. We don't do anything about it, you know? So like anything can cause illness, but it is found in the gut. So, 
So let's clear yeah. this up so that everybody knows. I'm going to tell everybody the reason why everybody has cancer, why you have heart disease, why you have diabetes, why you have MS, why you have Crohn's disease, why you have Hashimoto's, why you have Graves disease, why you have uh, fibromyalgia, all these things that are going on, skin issues like I did, you know, eczema, psoriasis, all these mm. things. The reason that we have these diseases is three things. Number one is you're stressed. And when you're stressed all the time, your body is going to, it's, you're blowing out your adrenal glands, you're blowing out your cortisol, you're destroying your system on a chemical level. Number two, you are polluted, period. Look Definitely. up the umbilical cord. How are you going to, but you can't see it. So these microscopic like invaders that are in there polluting you on a cellular level. I look at them like, Lynn, they're like backpacks. Imagine if you had a backpack on your back and it was, it had about 70 pounds in it. And in those seven, it was 70 pounds of jars full of toxic chemicals and crap. And the tops had holes in them. They were leaking into your back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go on to a cellular level. All of our cells, everybody listening here today, all of your cells, your muscle tissue and your fat tissue has a little backpack of toxins on it. And it's dragging down the vibrational frequency and the energy and the ability for those cells to act, to, to carry out their activities of daily living and communicate with each other and your hormones. So it's pollution. You are polluted. Okay, these chemicals cause cancer. It's in the umbilical cord. It's in your blood. It's in your fat, your muscle tissue, and your brain. That's where we're at today. Number three is lack of nutrition. 85% of the nutrients yeah. are farmed out of the soil. And even if you are eating organic, it's still 85% because of soil. And most yeah. of the soils now where they're growing crops are tilled. And when you till Absolutely. the soil, you disrupt the soil microbiome, which actually transport a lot of the nutrients like magnesium into the root system of the plant. So if the bacteria are not there, the taxi cab is not there to drive the nutrients into the root, how are you going to get it? Mm -hmm. That's where supplementation comes in. I've been telling people for years, it's like, uh, you know, I thought I was going to heal myself with whole food and I did, but I took my health up like two more levels when I added in concentrated real food and herbal nutrition, right? So there it is. We're stressed. We are polluted Toxic. Mm -hmm. and we are deficient. deficient. So it's really simple. You have to learn how to, and we're going to get to this in the third segment, guys. We're going to talk about Lynn's lifestyle and what she's done to, 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 to get back on the healing path. So number one, you have to have, what are your strategies for, for your stress? Number two, what are your strategies to remove the pollution that you can't see that's in your body? And number three, what are you doing to flood your body with the actual nutrients that it needs? Those are the three things. All right, so... Let's wrap up and then we'll go to the second segment. But so you had it the first time you do the surgery and then what happened? What happened? This, what did you say? The third time? I was no, writing the, sec something. Well, the, sec the second time. So you had got, you, you had, yes. you had surgery. Yes. You changed your lifestyle. That's when we met. You started wheatgrass and you started juicing, but yes. then you got, yeah, so you six years in, and then there was six more years in, out. I got into another relationship, and you start dining out and eating sugar again, and um, went back in. I was still plant based. I was still vegetarian, but there's so much crap out there in the gluten free world and the vegetarian world. You, you're still polluting your body with a lot of stuff, and so seven years in um, after that. I was good for a good six years. And then I started this process. So about three years ago, I would say now, three or four years ago, I noticed that um, 
my scar from my lumpectomy was retracting inside the body. Well, that went all the way in. And I said, you know, I woke up like I need to do something because something's not right here. And I felt some pain in there. And um, I get thermograms, which is done by infrared technology. It's non-invasive and they just take a picture of your breast. Well, I've been doing that for since 2010. I've had 16 thermograms. I don't do mammograms anymore. And I said, you know what? I'm just going well, to hold compare. on a second. Well, what, what we, 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 we should get into that in the second, the second, I'm going to, I'm just going to write that down. I'll okay. we'll talk about mammograms in the second segment. Cause that's really, uh, it's a very important. It's so point. important. Oh my God. So we'll talk about mam mammograms okay. and, therm and why thermography instead. Okay. Keep going. Anyway, that's what happened. I, I went in and had a mammogram. It found diagnosed me with cancer and I had an ultrasound where by they found the cancer and a metal clip a surgical metal clip, which I was shocked. She said, did you know you have a metal clip in your breast? And I said, well, no, because I don't get mammograms. I haven't had a mammogram since 2010. Mm -hmm. She says, well, you have a surgical medical clip. And so that was in, uh, what was it, two years ago, I found out that. And so right after I found out that I had uh, cancer, I got my troops together, my wellness tribe, and you were part of it. And uh, we started talking. My son was a part of it and um, started talking that. about like, what is my protocol? We were, we were all sitting on the floor. Yeah, that was like, what, Bones five room. days, five days after I found out that I had cancer. I, a lot smarter this time around. And, and for the listeners, it's like, you can be smart. You can be very smart when it comes to breast cancer, illness, or anything by putting together a plan. Because if you have a plan, if you don't have a plan, then any road's going to lead you there. And a confused mind says no. But when you have a plan, everything can come together more streamlined. And so that's why I got my trips together. And you said, well, if you have a metal clip, that's got to come out. And I wasn't thinking surgery at that time. And so that was in what, uh, February. And then um, I immediately went onto plant-based diet, started doing all the protocols and um, went to the Hippocrates Health Institute for three weeks, immersed in the program. Dr. Clement um, followed in your footsteps. He definitely said the metal clip has got to come out. That's causing cancer. That could have caused your cancer to come back. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what happened back two years ago. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we get back. We're going to start, we'll, we'll wrap up with the end part of this story. And then we're going to start walking you guys through what it was like for Lynn to actually go into Western medicine, what the conversations were like, what she experienced and kind of help you guys. So as you're going through this yourself, you'll kind of have a sneak peek and, and a, a completely different lens because She's very learned on this stuff now, right? She and she had a team and she had people that have, like myself that have worked with I've worked with hundreds of cancer patients. So and I've been to a lot of these meetings. I was able to give insight to her. So the two of us are going to team up. We're going to give you guys some really good insights when we get back. The average person today is carrying around six to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. 
while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back. I got Lynn Wiltshire in the house, and we're talking everything about navigating breast cancer medically and naturally. So this segment, um, Lynn, I really want to, you know, just let's take the viewers or the listeners, depending on how you're consuming this content, um, in, in, into, the, into the doctor's office and what it was like. So you sure. assembled your team. I was part yep. of the team. Yep. And, and you started Next getting thing, a plan. Yep. And I, yeah. I put a plan together and I, the first thing I did was I, I did the mammogram. That's, that's what I really want everybody to understand. When you have health insurance, you're not aware of the cost of any of this stuff. Why? Because you just think it's going to be paid for or 80% of it's going to be paid for, right? Well, I didn't have health insurance. So I didn't go in for that mammogram for the longest time knowing something was wrong. Big mistake, big mistake. And it was $550 to go in out of pocket to have a mammogram, ultrasound. I, I looked around and found the cheapest one. That day they said, you have cancer, next step biopsy. So first mm -hmm. thing out of their mouth is you're gonna go in for a biopsy. Well, if okay, you well, know let's pa let's anything- pause here for, Lynn, let's pause here for a moment. Let's just clear okay. up the mammogram thing. Okay, so the reason, uh, well, the reason why um, I was glad that you didn't get a mammogram all those years is because here's what happens, guys. When you go into a mammogram, what they do is they actually smash the breast. Did they smash your breast, Lynn? Of course they did. Okay, and Both when ways. you have a, yeah, when you have a tumor, when you have a, yeah, they do it two ways. They have it when you have a tumor and you smash it, you can actually send those cells off, and they could attach to your spine, your lungs, your kidneys, whatever. And the same thing with a biopsy. We'll get to that later. Plus, it's radiation, right? The mammogram is yes. radiation, which also is leads to and causes cancer. So mammograms, in my opinion, um, it's a diagnostic tool to find out where you're at. But if why would you do something that could actually cause a problem? Hmm. That sounds 97 percent of the time mammograms don't work and they do not support the woman. 97% of the time it's proven. Yeah. So my so why point do they is still use it. <laughs> it's well, it's because it's sold down the river. So the whole point is, is like, it, this reminds me of like when I was had rectal bleeding and one of the prescriptions that I was, um, uh, recommended and gave a script for one of the side effects was rectal bleeding. Mm. And that's why I'm like, what the hell would I take that for? Yeah. I mean, it's just totally. like, why would I do it? Increased yeah. gambling. You're, Toes could get numb. Don't take this if you have it's just the weirdest stuff. You know, I'm just like <laughs> rectally. I'm like, that's what I have. I don't want more of it. So I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Even that's back before I even knew anything about health. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do, ladies, is don't get a mammogram. And I'm not a doctor, so this is just my opinion, but go do your own research. You need to get thermography. It's non-invasive. It's better. Maybe you can speak to that. What 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 do you know about thermography? Because you've had 12 of them. Or more. You're probably 16. Yeah. Well, it's non-invasive. It, it goes by the molecular structure of your breast tissue or your body. You can get um, thermographies anywhere. But when you're doing it, it um, shows up the heat centers. And oftentimes in a thermography, 
reading, it shows um, hot or something that is heating up and causing illness quicker than a mammogram will show it. And it'll because, also show you what could be a potential down the road for you five, 10 years from now. Right. I mean, faster than a mammogram. So mm -hmm. if it if your breasts are hot, which shows up as red or white, then I mean, underneath your breast, in your um, carotid artery, under your armpits, they're always going to be hot because this is um, where lymph, lymph nodes are. Um, but your breast should be blue and green. And when they are all blue and green, there's no molecular activity. There's nothing developing there as far as disease. And so that's what I like. And they do just a, a picture, a camera. You're sitting on a seat. They take a picture here bilaterally and sideways. And that's it. And the same technology technologist looks at your breast each times and looks at the molecular structure and has it changed. Is it the same? And they give you a reading every single year. Well, I was having thermographies three times a year, then twice a year, then once a year. Mm -hmm. The reason I went in for a mammogram is I wanted to just look and see, is the thermography accurate? Because there's still so much controversy around it. And is it coordinating with the mammography? That's what I want to know. Are they pretty similar? You so know, the thermography was showing you that you had issues? Yes, it was showing yellow. And you confirmed it with the mammography? Yep, yep. So knowing what you know now, would you do a mammogram again? Ever? Um, yes, again? yes. For this situation, I'm glad that I did it because it showed me that I had a metal clip and the thermography did not show that. I would not have known the metal was in there if I didn't do ultrasound. Okay. So for that reason, because I've had surgery and for the listeners, that's part of this podcast right now. It's like, you've got to go in with barrels racing. You've got to know your questions and you don't let them just talk at you and tell you what you're going to do. You've got to know what you will accept, what you won't accept. You're the customer. You are the person being served. And I did not know there was a metal clip in my breast. I didn't know. Well, see, I that's didn't, to I didn't me... accept that. It's negligence. It's oh negligence because I didn't say you can leave a surgical metal clip inside my breast. And surgeons will say, well, that's to put pull the tissue together or it's so that we can radiate. But they knew I wasn't going to radiate. They knew I wasn't going to do chemotherapy. Why would you need to leave that in there? So, yes. Yeah, I'm so let's switch gears it. because what we're doing is we're uncovering these things. So, first off, mammograms versus thermography. Put that down. Um, I if I was a woman, I would always do thermography. Okay. Yes. Now, you said you were glad you did a mammogram, but that's only because of of what you found out of some other stuff that I think is it's it's ridiculous. I think like an it, ultrasound it, it, would have told me what I needed to know without the mammogram but they do a diagnostic, they call it a diagnostic mm -hmm. mammogram, which means mammography with an ultrasound. Okay, so let's talk about these metal clips because this was the heart of why I wanted to have you back on. Your whole story yeah. is awesome um, and what yeah. you've accomplished, but <laughs> th these metal clips. So you said, yeah, I've, I've got a metal clip and I'm like, dude, you gotta get that out. Yeah. Like you have to get that out. And how do I, why would I, do, why, why would I think that? Like. Um, Tim's not a doctor. Why would he say get a metal clip out? Well, if you actually use common sense, it, you don't need to have 12 year medical or 10 years, whatever it is, medical degree to figure this stuff out. I had um, I had a gal who was very, very um, weak 
And she had only slept about 15, 20 minutes at a, at a time for like seven years. She could never sleep more than 15 minutes. She was just exhausted and miserable. Mm. Um, and I found out that she had a bladder sling, a metal bladder sling. And two weeks after it was put in, the doctor said, oh, yeah, we discontinued those because people were having lots of issues. <laughs> and she was doing all this. She was doing all the health stuff, everything she could. And I said, I was like, um, I'll just give her a different name. Mary, I'm like, you, you need to get that out. You yeah. have to get that metal that bladder sling out. She's like, you can't take them out. I'm like, you have to get it out. You have to find a way. I, ha I have a gut instinct that that is what's causing all of your problems. Good for it's you, a root, it's a yeah. root. It's a root freaking cause. Titanium I, causes cancer, yeah. And yeah. I was like, you have to talk, keep talking to doctors and keep talking to doctors and keep talking to doctors until you find a doctor that knows how to get that out. And I stayed in touch with her and she was contacting people and doing research. Nope, 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 nope. And then about, I don't know what it was, four, five, six months later, she calls me up. She's like, Tim, I found a doctor. And I asked her, do you have any, can you help me get this bladder sling out? She's like, oh, I do that all day long. That was her specialty. And guess what? She went in, she got the bladder sling out. She called me in the, in the, in the ICU. Like, she's like, hand me the phone. And they're wow. like, you don't, you're in ICU. She just goes, hand me the damn phone. She calls me up. She's like, Tim, I got it out. I already feel better. Like energetically, like she felt better. And then she healed and she healed, you know? So when you look at stuff like this or root canals that create systemic infections or amalgam fillings, if you're looking at, or women, if you're getting breast implants, like I need to have another show on this, which I'm going to get this doctor, hopefully Susan Colbon. She has a book called The Naked Truth About Breast Implants. Mm -hmm. And when you have a breast implant, it's not natural, okay? You are not supposed to have a silicon deal inside of your body. And when you do, it's like having a sliver in your thumb. And what does your body do when you get slivers? It creates an infection and it pushes that shit out. But your body can't push out the bladder, the metal bladder sling. It can't push out the um uh the medical the, clips. The, the medical clip in your breast, right? Yeah. So no. what do you what do you have going on there? You have a 24-hour infection going on in your body. It's called a systemic infection because it's internal and you can't see it. But your immune system has to deal with it. And your immune system is like the troops, right? It's like you have the army, the navy, the marines, the you know, you've got the lymphocytes, the grandocytes, the basophils, the eosinophils. You have all these things, but there's there's a limited amount of the troops. And if the troops are over there dealing with your infection from your um, medical clip that was left over in your breast or your bladder sling or whatever. It's not healing over here, and it's not taking care of your digestive system and yeah, all of these other things. Exactly. There's less yeah. troops to deal with your cancer as an example, yeah. right? And you yeah. need all your freaking troops. Yeah. So yeah. when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my God, we got to get this out. So the 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 takeaway here is, ladies, if you have to go in and get breast cancer, you have to get a lumpectomy or whatever, you have tumor removal, you have to be very clear with them. Like if you are the type of person that does not want to get radiation, that I, I just I wouldn't do it anyway. But I, I don't want a freaking clip in my well, body. Well, let's 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 go after mammogram radi or ultrasound. Let's let's just keep on the path. The next step is biopsy. Well, if mammogram pushing and pulling and doing all this and spreading cancer cells, think about biopsy. What do they do during a biopsy? They take a gun and they poke it into the breast tissue or whatever tissue it is, and they pull out a chunk. Now, they're going into a tumor. Now, that tumor is a happy little camper. It could be there a year. It could be there five years. You could have a tumor inside you for 10 years, and it's surrounded by this protein's happy little cancer. Camper, what happens when you needle biopsy it, 
you blow it up. Where are those cells going? Now they're going to tell you, no, there's Lungs, no proven. Fine. Yeah. It, it, I mean, those cells have exploded. So I didn't want a biopsy. I kept saying, I don't want to get a biopsy. I don't want to get my, a biopsy. My naturopath finally, two naturopaths said, Lynn, just go find out what kind of cancer you have and get the biopsy. So it was going to cost me $3,200. Remember, no insurance. <laughs> I found out how much it was going to cost me. So I'm in the biopsy. I finally get a biopsy months later, probably three months later. Is this the first time later. you had cancer? No, nope, this is the second time. This is the second time. So I'm in the room, I'm getting ready for the biopsy and I'm in there. There is the ultrasound technologist. There is the doctor and there is a nurse and I'm laying on the bed and I'm looking up at the ceiling going, how the frig am I here again? I don't want to be here. I'm not a typical person. They're saying we're going to put in a savvy scout over here. You've got two tumors over here. You've got one in the breast. That's three here. We're going to put in a marker. Um, and, and they're all titanium, right? They're all metal. And so I don't want to do it, right? I'm sitting here going, I don't want to be here. I don't want a biopsy. I don't want a biopsy. And I went through with it. So they get done over here on this side. Why do they put that in there? Why do they do a biopsy and place the savvy clip? Because when they go back in for surgery or they go back in to eradicate it and do the radiation, they need to know where to hit. They know, know they need to know where to zap. That's why they do it. So they get to the right breast and I have some kind of a tumor over here. They say, well, we're going to place it. And I go, no. And I mean, like, oh, I'm just taking up a hell of a lot of their time. I, I know that they were really irritated, but I just sat there and I said at the last minute, no, I do not want you to place anything in there. Do not. You can take a biopsy, but do not place a metal clip because I just felt deep down. I listened to my heart. My heart said, that's not cancerous. I don't want to deal with metal over here. There's enough metal over here already. And I said, will that be taken out? Will these savvy scouts and these markers be taken out? Yes, during surgery, they'll be taken out. Okay, fine, because I am going to take out that metal clip. That's the number one reason. But the, the biopsies can spread cancer cells. They can. I know yeah, it. Just, I know to, for just, a fact. just to clear this up, I went into the big facility, I'll remain nameless because I don't ever want to get sued here in Portland, Oregon, the Cancer Institute. And because um, my with my mom, and she was like 74, 75 at the time, and she had a tumor in her lungs, a couple of them. And they had uh, retaken the, the uh, six months later, they sent her down there to get them taken. And they said, Oh, and the first doctor we met with, he literally looked at the margins and the margins is they take like calipers and they're measuring the size of the tumor on the screen. You've seen this. Mm. And they say, oh, your tumor was um, one centimeter as an example. Oh, your tumor is now, you know, two centimeters or whatever. Right. And then it's it's doubled. So what they did with my mom was is I saw him on the original margins. The calipers were inside of the tumor. So he made it so the measurement came out smaller than what it actually was. And then on the new one, I noticed the calipers were just gently outside of the size of the tumor. So what he said was, he goes, 
he goes, oh, it looks like, and I'm watching this stuff because I'm a hawk on this stuff, you know? Nothing's going to get by me. It's my mom, for God's sakes. And I would do this with any client, too. And my mom's freaking nervous. Her blood pressure goes through the roof just walking into a doctor's office. So she's already scared out of her mind. And he said, wow, he looks, it looks like the size of your tumor is doubled, almost doubled, almost doubled. And he's like, yeah, he goes, we have to get in there and we're going to have to get you into surgery. I mean, she's 74 years old. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? And um, he goes, even if the biopsy comes back and it shows negative, we still need to operate. I mean, he said this right out of his mouth. Even if the biopsy comes back negative, and I'm like, dude, we're not, I was thinking we're not doing a biopsy. There's no way. And, but he said that, and then he looked at it, and he grabbed her hand. He goes, this must be very hard for you to hear, but we're here for you, and we'll get you into surgery, and we're going to take good care of you. Total fear-mongering. I wanted to yeah. choke the guy out. I was so pissed. I didn't. Of course, I'm not going to do that, but... um. I said, mom, don't worry about it. That guy's a jackass. He, the margins, but she's a wreck. The next yeah. day we come back, Oh yeah, come back. Now we're going to meet with the surgeon who's going to do supposedly this surgery possibly, but I told her we're not doing it. I said, we're just going through the motions because she wanted to go through the medical model and see everything. I'm like, okay. Surgeon comes out. Oh, actually the surgeon's other dude comes out. It was like a doctor up a level and he measured same thing. Use the calipers. He actually measured them correctly. And he said, well, Looks like the tumor hasn't grown much at all. And she's like, oh, you can see the look of relief on her face. And he goes, I think we should probably just, you know, probably just kind of let this monitor it and go every six months. But if you do, we have the surgeon here we can talk about. So at least, you know, so the surgeon comes in, he agreed. He goes, I think it hasn't really grown that much. And I think you should just monitor it at your age. Surgery is probably not the best option every way. And I'm like, you need to fire that son of a bitch, that other guy from yesterday. And I told him yeah. exactly what happened. And then we got into the biopsy deal. And I said, I said, yeah, but when you, when you do a biopsy, you're going to spread the cells. And both of them sounded like motorboats starting at the same time. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a wives tale. That's bullshit. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, really? I'm like, really? Okay. How many, how many cells are in cancer? Hundreds of thousands, millions, billions. There's lots of cells in there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of cells. Mm. I said, so you're telling me your diagnostic equipment is so precise and accurate. I know you guys do margins because you want to make sure you get all the cancer when you do your surgery and stuff, but we're talking about a biopsy here. But your, your stuff is so good that you can guarantee on your kid's eyes that, and this was a long story. It took me about five minutes of boxing these guys into a corner and saying that you can basically see every single cell and not one cell will escape and go to the lungs or go to the spine or go to the kidneys. Uh, and they're like, well, no. The head surgeon said that. He's like, no. And he's like, yeah, we don't know. But it took me like I had to like stand my ground and fight for truth to get that. And then we, we left and my mom was happy because she didn't have to get surgery and the, the tumor hadn't grown to the day before. They said it was going to double. We we're walking down the hallway and I had to take a leak. I said, mom, hold on. I came back in and I walked around the corner and that those both of those doctors, their office was in the same office. It was right next to the bathroom. The um, the other doctor was eating a Krispy Kreme donut and the head surgeon was eating a, uh, a meatball sub from Subway, which, Hey, I get it. I used to eat the shit out of those things, but they don't really understand how the body works and cancer and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts are, it's a problem, right? So sure. I just, I was just blown away by the whole thing. And yeah. I was like, and this is happening 24 seven all over the world. Yeah. Right. So biopsies, in my opinion, um, something I would avoid. 
Well, right? and when I hired my surgeon, the minute I went, the first day I went into, I forgot about this. <clears throat> first day I'm meeting her, she does a biopsy of the mothership, which is the big tumor in the chair, right in her office. She did one <laughs> right there and then she did a biopsy. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it right there. And then I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? So anyway, um, what, what you just brought up to me was a really good story, though, because I did an ultrasound in September on the right breast. And then I did an ultrasound in October of the left breast again. Mm -hmm. And when I went in in October, I know that I've been on this protocol 2020, most of 2021, right? Mm -hmm. And I am feeling really good about my results, right? So I go in there, surgeon wants one more ultrasound and I'm there. And she gets done with the ultrasound. She says, I'm going to take these results. And I'm going to take it to the surgeon or to the radiologist. For, and I said, okay, no problem. So I wait for five minutes, 10 minutes, and she comes back in. This gal proceeds to tell me, the doctor is concerned. It is spreading. The cancer is spreading. You need to contact your doctor immediately. Um, it's grown larger. There's another stream off of it. Anyway, she's just going through it. I said, wait a minute, stop. I said, stop. That's what I said. I said, can I see the film? And she said, hey, like she looks shocked. I, I said, I just want to see what you're, you're telling me. So I go over to the film and she's showing me the mothership. I call that the big tumor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one tumor feeds your lymph system. So I wanted to see the mothership and she showed me a stream, which could have been just about anything. And, and so they're measuring now the mothership with this other stream. And now they're saying that that's getting bigger. So anyway, I knew that day in a couple hours, I was going to meet with my surgeon anyway. But if I was just anybody, after meeting with that ultrasound tech and after her just fear mongering me, I did leave that office kind of like going, well, could it be getting bigger? Like, and, and in my mind, I mean, that was just my mind racing. And I very quickly said, this can't be happening. This is BS. I am not going to buy into that met with my surgeon and she, I said, she said, guy, you didn't get very good news in your ultrasound, did you? And I said, no. She says, well, let's look at it. So she looks at the brush. She says, this is healing. This is getting better. I don't know what they're talking about. This is getting better. It's more palpable. It's movable. The sore is, is healing up because cancer was growing out of my breast. Mind you, we don't have to go into the details, but there was cancer. You could see cancer growing out of my breast. And she says, this is all healed. It was all pink. It was looking much better. But that in itself, the fear mongering that goes on, if I was anybody, I would have left that office in tears. Well, you have to understand too, is like when you're in fear, like marketing people know this, when you go into fear mode, your prefrontal cortex shuts down. And then you are basically, you can At be, you can be led around number. pretty easily. It's very easy. Well, do and, this, and they, you do it now, you're going to die. It's like, whoa. They feel like they're doing a really good job. They, they're doing standard of care, standard American care in the medical 
society. So they feel like they, what they're doing is good. But we have to remember that we're dealing with people or doctors during emergency, they're really good. But during these kind of things, it's all like rats in a maze. You got to do this, you're going to do this next, then you got to do this, and you got to follow the money trail because it's all money oriented. Everybody gets a piece of your pie, everybody, and you're left with the cookie crumbles. You don't have a whole cookie at the end. You're giving and giving and giving. So you have to know how much you're going to give and how much you're going to let them take. That's what, that, what's important. But that was not a good visit. And then to go into my surgeon, it felt really good. And mind you, after you take a biopsy, you're going to go in for an MRI. They're going to see if the cancer is spread to other part of your body. So you're going to go in for a bone scan. There's going to be other things if your your surgeon Right. You know, they're 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 afraid that it has spread to your lungs. It's spread to your other parts of your body. Well, wait so they're a minute. gonna check that. When they biopsy, they know it doesn't spread. But they gotta get well, you to I, test to see if it spreads. So the whole thing to me yeah. is just like, you know, okay, so let's regroup. Okay. You get a mammogram, so mammograms and thermography. We like thermography better. Right. Biopsies, we don't like that, right? Because the the way I look at it is like whether it's cancerous or not, you have a tumor growing in your body. Your body is manifesting something for a reason. It's, it's, it's like a check body light saying, hey, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to change your inputs. You need to change your environment. It's just that simple. And we got to get well, back and to- they, And they want to name it something. Remember that. A biopsy is to say, do you have inductal this? Or what kind of cancer do you have? And then after that, they can spread you with all kinds of different- Well, it's a uh, protocol. There's a protocol for those There's things. a protocol after they know from yep. a biopsy what kind you have. In and again, I always have to say this, this too, world. Lynn, is that you know, doctors and nurses are good people. Okay, they get yes, onto they that progression are. because they want to freaking help people, but it's the system that's broken and they're, they're getting yeah, trained yeah. by pharmaceutical companies. They're the ones writing their textbooks and they have to do standard of care. Otherwise, they take their license away. Mm -hmm. They have to do what they're told. So it's just kind of, you know, the bigger the lie, the easier it is to swallow. All right, so we talked about mammograms, thermography. We talked about biopsies. We talked about um, fear-mongering. We've talked about metal clips and surgeries. So what would you say if a woman's like going in um, for a lumpectomy or something, how would you approach a doctor to talk about the clips? Well, do you want me to tell you what happened to me? What sure. I found out? Yeah. Well, the whole reason I went in for surgery is because I want to get that metal clip out and uh, take out the scar that tissue. That was put in from the first tumor. surgery. 12 years ago. Last Tuesday, I had major surgery and they did the surgery. So I'm nine days in now. Nine how, long, days. how many hours was that surgery? Five hours. Yeah. Five hours because I reconstructed the right breast because I lost a half of my breast already mm -hmm. on the left side. And so they had to restructure the right side to even match because no bras would fit or anything. It was, it was just totally different. They were yeah. now completely different. So they do the surgery and the first thing out of the surgeon's mouth last Tuesday was to my um, partner is surgery went well, we, we, it looks good, we got everything. And I removed a minimum of 10 to 12 surgical metal clips, not one. She said a minimum of 10 to 12 surgical medical clips. So it might not have, caused all of my cancer, Tim, 
But I can guarantee 50% of why that cancer came back at least was because there was metal in my body that my mm. body has tried to rid for 12 years. I did, I only, and, and they'll tell you, well, they're really small. Well, why do you need them in there in the first place? It's negligence. I didn't say you could put metal in my body. Mm -hmm. Well, they say, because they are going to zap it with radiation. Well, no, 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 no. You knew. And I, I, when I first heard about this, I'm like, this isn't right. You can, I didn't, you know, it was something new to me. And I'm like, that's, I don't believe in like suing people at all. Cause it's just such a emotional it's dirty filthy it's, it's yeah low it's, energy yeah. it's just like you know yeah. move on but it's like this is something i was like but you were like you kind of looked into it and it's like their paperwork's 12 you know they have 1500 hour attorneys that wrote it well and then what they told me the attorney told me when i only thought there was one clip in there they said well you would have a hard time proving that it was the metal clip that caused the cancer you did not do standard of care you did not do chemotherapy you did not do radiation so they're going to tear you down on that and they're going to tell you that it was in the same spot and that's what can't caused your cancer to come back was because even though 50 percent of the population's dying of cancer and their methods are not working okay because they, they got the attorneys on their side corrupt all right so medical clips, surgic, surgi surgi surgical clips. You had 12 of them, 10 or 12 of them. That was just like, I was floored when you told me that. I'm like, geez, no wonder. All right. So is there anything else that you would like to share with somebody going in to, you know, to, to the medical model? Well, here's what you want to know. You're going, when you hear the C diagnosis, there's going to be fear. Okay, there's going to be fear. You're, you're going to automatically think, what am I going to do? And what I want to support people in doing and what I'm doing and helping hundreds of people is like, you don't have to fear cancer. Because if you change the thought around, then you are going to take control and you are going to be the powerhouse. You're going to be empowered to take care of this. It's a fungus. Yes, it's a, it can spread and it's a terrible thing and it kills lots of people. But the majority of the people that it's killing are the people that are eradicating their body and they can't fight anymore. They've killed their immune system. So when you get that C diagnosis, you might want to do plant-based diet, some things that we're going to talk about here. You might want to do part Eastern. You might want to do part Western. Mm -hmm. You might want to combine the two or you might say, I feel better doing Western medicine standard of care. And you might say, I don't know how to do it. That's where Tim and I come in, in, in helping you because we've done the research. We know what works and we can help you take a step-by-step, -step, a plan of action to do it more plant-based, to do it more with, with protocols that will put you in the driver's seat. If you decide to do Western medicine, it's okay. I mean, they help lots of people. I know lots of people that are still alive after that. Um, None of my family are. But the truth is, you have to be right up here. If you don't believe in you and you're not committed to healing, how are you going to heal yourself? You have to be committed to something. You either stand for something or you stand for nothing. So going in, know what you want to find out. Find out, get the education, go through everything, go through your medical doctor, go through your surgeon, 
listen to your medical oncologist, listen to your radiation oncologist, go through some of these things to figure out your own plan, but be empowered to take the right steps for you. Because if you don't feel good and you feel in fear, you're not going to heal your body. Yep, so that's point. first and foremost. Good point. So that's perfect segue, Lynn, because what we'll do now is we, we really want to teach you guys how to be your own doctor, how to self-heal, self-regenerate, and we'll take a quick break. and we get back, we're going to get into the solutions that Lynn took to um, basically get her body and boost her immune system back. And, and um, it's been quite amazing watching you, actually. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm with Lynn Wiltshire. She is a cancer thriver, um, and we're doing everything about navigating breast cancer medically and naturally. So we talked about your backstory. We, we went into the, the medical model. Hopefully, it gave some people some insight to some of the pitfalls to look out for and to turn those into stepping stones for themselves so they can navigate that better. Now it's like, okay, let's say you want to heal naturally. And, and maybe, maybe like you said, maybe you have one foot in the medical, like even my buddy Charles, he had one foot in Western medicine for the diagnostic just yep. to see how things were going. And he had yep. one foot over hundred percent in his lifestyle. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he's like, I just want to keep both open in case. Cause he mm -hmm. wanted to live right. When yeah. your back's against the wall and you got a gun to your head, you're, you're like grabbing at straws. Exactly. Like, right? Exactly. So, but you had been through this before. Now the second time, so it was a lot easier for you. So then you got your team together and then what was the first thing that we did? Do you remember? The first thing is detox. That's we it. That's right. Yeah, we That's detoxed. Right. We, didn't, uh, we didn't detox just your body, did we? No, we detoxed the refrigerator. We detoxed the pantry. Because the, the truth is, if you still have all that packaged shit in your house, excuse my French, but if you still have that in your refrigerator and you've got all the sugar in there, you're just laying yourself wide open for triggers and you don't want any kind of triggers when you're healing your body. You got to clean it all out. And I fought with Tim because I'm saying, well, I might use that here and I might use it here. And during the holidays, that jello, come on, we make jello and it's a family favorite. And he goes, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? Why would you have it here? Yeah, because it's got cancer-causing dyes in Jello. There are cancer-causing yeah. dyes and sugar that feeds cancer. So I'm like, what do you want to do? Get your can family cancer? Yeah. You so know? we got rid of. We, so we detoxed everything. There was a pile. We took a picture of that pile. And yeah, this we is got pretty it. typical. Yeah. Pretty typical. Yeah. When I go into somebody's home, we do the the refrigerator detox, the pantry detox, and a lot of people are just scraping and holding on. I'm like, why are you holding on to things that put you in a position you don't want to be in? Why are we doing that? Why that there's emotional triggers, there's financial triggers because we think there's money involved. Oh, I want to save my mind. Like this shit's poisoning you. It's out the door. So we start detoxing the body, we detox the refrigerator, we detox the pantry, and everything else too. This is like cleaning up the house, organizing the office, cleaning up the garage, 
everything yeah. because uh, uh, you know a conf- like you said a confused mind doesn't know what to do you know it, it can't make good decisions it's called feng uh feng shui i think feng shui yeah feng shui yeah. Right. Well, and it, and it it just everything is a trigger at that point because you're weighted down by your stuff. Your mind is thought like, let's say you have 120. I think I said this the last time, but let's say that you have 120 watts of energy and five is going over here. And then you've got children and 20 percent of your energy is over there and you got 50 you know, percent going over here to your job. And then you've got a relationship and, and more of your energy is going there. And by the end of the day, you don't have anything left. All this stuff that you've accumulated mentally, physically, and all over your house drains you of energy. When you have spaciousness, then you have freedom to create anew and and fresh. And when you get rid of stuff, it is like a like a beginning. It it's just good. like a rebirth. It it feels good. Like yeah. you clean your car. You feel good when you get into your car. Yeah. You There's people your- that do that after they've gotten divorced or something. They'll like take all their lifely possessions, throw them in a pile and burn them. Yeah. And it's like a renewal. It's like a celebration and they start over yeah. and there's, there's a big push now in the last five, six years, you, people have probably seen towards minimalism, minimalism. Yeah. Um, having less and less and less and less. And I always tell people like you have kids that are, you know, give your kid one fork, one spoon, one knife and a plate and say, this is yours. You could actually custom make it. You could go somewhere and make plates and stuff with them and say, this is your special plate. And it's your job to clean it. And if you want to have dinner tonight, you want to have a clean fork, then go clean your fork. It's not my job, right? That's how these are. These are the things we can do. And then you don't have like 700 pounds of plates that you got to navigate through. And like there's plates everywhere. And it's just like, there's dishes in the sink. Oh man, a dirty sink that there's nothing worse than a dirty sink. Right. Dirty it's kitchen. Take long. Oh, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. So keeping everything clean. So detoxing was the first thing. Yep. And we, we did, um, uh, water infrared infrared saunas yeah we did well we did water water was really a big one well we got the water right yep. first so we have yep. uh, purified and then restructured water we got the water system going um yep. then there was the then the sauna infrared. and then there was the hyperbaric oxygen chamber yep i bought an oxygen chamber that's right yep you started doing high dose vitamin c ivs Yep, I do high high dose um, vitamin C IVs, um, sauna. I was doing um, massage to move the lymph because mm-hmm. part of healing your immune system is getting your structure, your musculoskeletal system in alignment because that can mm-hmm. tear havoc into your nervous system and your muscles and everything. And it, it weighs on your blood as well. Cause the whole idea is we wanna keep the blood oxygenated. Cancer does not live in an oxygenated body. Cancer does not live in an alkaline body. It lives in acidity. And um, so we, we wanted to just rebuild the inside of my body. I do wheatgrass. We started growing wheatgrass and sprouts. So how many, we have sprouts growing. We've had sprouts 24-7. 24-7. Wheatgrass 24-7. I do two shots a day of wheatgrass, and I do wheatgrass implants, which is rectally, because there is the the vein that goes right from the rectum right to the liver. Yeah, the hepatic and vein. So, yep, the hepatic vein. So, so as you guys can see, there's this is just some of the stuff. Right. So this is a we we go through it slowly. We, you know, she had cancer, so it's a little faster than baby steps. We took some quick baby steps. That's why I was brought in. Bam, 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 bam. Flax seed water, chia seeds. We started having her eat lower on the food chain one day a week. Plant based diet. Yeah. Fasting, total plant based diet, but a lot of living foods. 
sprouts, yeah. sprouted nuts, sprouted seeds, sprouted grains, sprouted beans. All nuts, grains, seeds, and beans have been soaked in water first or you don't eat them. And, and there's reasons for all this stuff. I mean, I've got sprouting episodes you can go back and look at and all this stuff. But we're just going through these protocols. So when you're listening to this, you can just make a, a list and then you can go deep dive on all of them if you want to. Um, so you were taking all of our products where we have gut detox to keep the digestive tract clean, the organ systems, the toxin detox, start pulling all these toxins that were in the blood that were the, one of the, in my opinion, the cancer causing issues in the first place, getting that crap out of the blood and the fat and the muscle tissue, and then probiotics and prebiotics and enzymes and enzymes. You were green mm -hmm. juices twice a day. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And well, um, I still do all of this. I want you to know, like, None of this has changed. It's my lifestyle. I was doing hyperbaric. I did 40 dives and now I do like two to three times a week. Yoga yeah. every day. Oh, I do that's yoga what I was going to say. I'm very day. proud of you. How long have you been doing yoga now consistently? Um, every day since January 1. And what have you noticed differently in your body and your, in your Just, emotional state? Um, you know, your body was meant to move. Your body was meant to move. I mean, you're, you're supposed to be moving it. A sedentary lifestyle leads to disease. Your body's got to be free flowing. So I'm noticing that, um, you know, the first week, because I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer since I was 10 years old. So very strong. I have a black belt in Taekwondo. It's like I was always very fit, very strong. And then when you stop doing those things, your body just starts breaking down. So the first week was kind of tough, but now I'm strong as an ox. Mm -hmm. Like I'm healing. How, how old are you just for the listeners? Because if you're 60, I know women love saying this stuff. They love it. So she's 60. But if you guys were watching us on uh, YouTube, if this episode doesn't get yanked, um, then <laughs> Uh, well, it's just, it's happened a couple other times because, you know, and health is not something people like to hear in, in those areas. Yeah. But um, um, Lynn doesn't look 60 at all. And she definitely doesn't act like it. Um, she's has a young spirit about her. So attitudes, everything. And I want to say that for those that are listening, your attitude is, is going to be whether you're going to heal or not, because all this other stuff can be figured out. It's pretty simple. But it's getting that space between your ears right. And that's why when you go to Hippocrates, like you probably experienced this, they send you to a good psychotherapist, even though that 95% of them are crazy. That's yes. no offense. That's just the way it is. Um, and they're going to say, what's wrong with you? And they're going to, or what, what, what brought you here? They won't say what's wrong with you because nobody has anything wrong with them. And they'll say, what brought you here? And they're like, well, I've got breast cancer. And they probably said, congratulations, Lynn. You're one of the few people on this planet that gets an opportunity to actually live. Did they say something like that to you? Or have you heard that? <laughs> Uh, you mean after doing all of this and doing, no, all I mean, like, but maybe not you because you had been through it before and you've been around, but typically that's what they'll tell people. Yeah. I mean, people they scare you that you're going to die if you don't do it this way. I mean, like my, my first surgeon in, in 2010, no, no, said, no. I was talking about the psychotherapist at Hippocrates. Oh, they tell sorry. you congratulations yeah. on getting cancer because now you're one of the few people on this planet that actually gets to truly yeah. live their life because everybody else is just kind of going through the motions, doing what society tells you to do, doing what your parents told you to do, and they weren't able to break free of that cocoon, get out of the matrix. So people that wake up because they've yes. got cancer, now they got to do yeah. something, they start living for themselves. Yeah. And then once you heal yourself, oh my God, look out. That's not a person that's, uh, you know, the powers of be one. A critical thinking person that's empowered that can, uh, you know, make think decisions for themselves. on their own. It's, and that's another thing I would I rec recommend because I think cancer um, tends to be more of a mental disease because the mind, 
um, there's the vagus nerve that goes from the mind and they're finding out that the vagus nerve from the brain and it ends in the stomach. There's all these different protocols for nerve um, uh, twitching, which I also do. I do vagus nerve um, pulsing. Mm -hmm. um, to get it to break down cancer cells and to get it to spike because it works with the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's helping with seizures. It's helping with cancer. It's helping with all different kinds of modalities. Yeah, but I, I really do believe that it's a mental disease. You know, it forms here first. Remember, I told you I was stressed and a lot of cancer is getting started by stress. Well, where does stress come from? It's yeah. your thinking. It's your mindset. So you know, like everybody has mental thoughts. Everybody has problems. Go see somebody that you can talk to. Not your friend, not your best friend, not your, your partner, not your spouse, but go see a mental professional. I think when you're in this kind of therapy, in fact, I'm just thinking about doing it anyway, because I, I, I'm taking care of two adult um, parents with dementia as well, which oh, is another let's talk stressor. About Something we forgot to mention is like, well, this is actually the solution base. So when you're assembling your team, it's very important that the people on your team, you like them, you trust them, and they resonate with you. And most importantly, they better be freaking healthy themselves. They better be glowing skin, clear white eyes, have lots of energy. That's the people you want on your team. In fact, I was just talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, I followed this doctor online. And I followed him too for a little bit. And I said, he's got some good stuff. He's a naturopath and he's got a lot of material and stuff. But he's like, after a while, I goes, I started thinking about you versus him. And he's like, I've known you, Tim, for 11 years. You're always healthy. He's fat. He's overweight. And I was like, he's like, so if he has all these protocols and this stuff's working, is why is this guy overweight? Something's awry. Something's wrong. Now, maybe he's got good stuff. I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff I agreed with, but some of the stuff I completely disagreed with. Yeah. So you want to find people that are healthy. You don't want to be talking. This is a, That's a big takeaway. That's a really big takeaway. Okay. So you're doing all this stuff. Wheatgrass, an ounce, two ounces twice a day orally. You're implanting it rectally. People are probably, what is that about? You know, that's actually a protocol at the Hippocrates Health Institute. She was talking about that hepatic vein. When you put wheatgrass rectally in the bum, it goes up the hepatic vein and actually starts detoxing your liver. And it creates a lot of oxygen. Oxygen, yeah, two seconds. It's going up the hepatic vein, two seconds. And yeah. it creates a lot of oxygen, which cancer is anaerobic. It can't live in an oxygen environment. And a lot of nutrients go in there. So it's a very profound, powerful um, therapy that actually Ann Wigmore used to heal herself of stage four colon cancer back before she started Hippocrates. And that's why she started it, because she healed herself naturally with grasses and herbs and stuff like that. So, um, I'm just trying to think, was there anything else in your, in your protocols or therapies that you think was really important um, for, uh, that we've missed? I know there's a bunch of stuff, but. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. Something it's, just, I think it's something just dropped back there. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't hear it at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So, the, yeah. So the question, Lynn, is um, um, what, uh, was there anything else in your protocols in your lifestyle now that you think would be important that we haven't shared? Was there anything else? Meditation uh, maybe? Well, yeah. And I, and I think with yoga, doing yin yoga, you're kind of getting twofold because you're getting into that deep um, fascia mm -hmm. after three to five minutes and you get into a meditative state. 
Okay. And Good. the prerequisite for um, yin yoga is to be as still as you possibly can. And just like your mind's going to drift, but you get both there. But yeah, med meditation would be really good. And um, just systems like movement. And it doesn't have to be yoga. You've got to find your thing to move your body. It could be um, rebounding and bouncing for boobies. That's what I call it. When you rebound, you're bouncing and you're moving that lymph. That might be good. Um, stretching, just stretching, getting on the floor and just stretching your body every single morning. It could be How about getting outside. Yeah. Walking in, in grass, you know, like we're yeah. getting into spring and summer. Um, swimming might be good for you. Biking might yeah, be if good. If you go for swimming you. though, Moving. do not go to a chlorine pool. It has to be chlorine free. All right. So yeah. I think that's uh that should be a pretty darn good list of things to do. And I, I do want to emphasize how important it is to get out to nature because you are nature. Don't think, and this is one of the reasons why if you're listening and you have cancer or uh, you've been dealing with this for a while that you have cancer is because you're disconnected from the true mothership, which is mother nature and reconnecting with her and the bacteria and the negative ions mm -hmm. and all the, the fresh foods and herbs and all that stuff. That's, that's where the medicine is, right? It's even yeah, in the Bible. I, it says I, God had made foods for the healing of the nations. Yeah. God's pharmacy. The mm -hmm. F-A-R-M is far better than the P-H-A-R-M. Um, I, I would just leave the listeners also with there's a definite correlation between negative thought or the nocebo effect and positive thought, which is the placebo effect. When you know you're going to heal, when you absolutely are committed to healing, nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to get in your way. There's no fear mongering. There's nothing that nobody can tell you. You're on a path. So if you think you can't heal, and you think you're going to die, or you think you can't do what we're talking about with some of these mo modalities. Most people talk themselves in and out of it, just like that. Oh, that's too much. I couldn't do what she's doing. My brother tells me, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I, I could never be a vegetarian. I could never be a vegan. How do you know? How do you know? You don't know. We don't take you into all these steps all at once. I mean, when I had a disease that might take my life, yes, yeah, you'll, I was things, on the things, fast things, track. Things change sometimes when all of a sudden the proposition of dying. And, and this is a very important yeah. point. We're all going to freaking die. And we live in this la-la illusion world thinking that we're immortal. We're never going to die. And, and when you do that, when you're living in that state your whole life in denial of your own death, you will never live and you're going to fall for everything. You're going to go along with everything everybody else is doing, just blah, blah, blah. As soon as you start realizing, and this is a good exercise, go look in the mirror and just stare at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are, this body is going to perish. There is going to be a point in time when the heart's going to stop beating, the air is going to stop breathing, your brain's going to shut down and you're going to die and you're going to leave the body. That is going to happen. And when you start realizing that, you will feel energy coming up from inside of you that you've never experienced before. And this will bring you, instead of all this bullshit, like, oh, my God, my past and all this shit, I screwed up, or this guy was mean to me, or this, this girl was this, this, my wife was terrible, or my job, or this guy screwed me over at the farm or whatever, or living in the future. Oh, when this happens, once I get that and I get this happening, then I'm going to take care of my health or once this happens, then my relationship's going to work or that living in win world, living in the past, living in the future does not exist. And how many people are spending most of their life in these places when 
Everything that you want is right in front of you right now, right now, right now, right now. When you get to the point and you understand that you are going to die, that will bring you into the present faster than anything. And that is why at the Hippocrates Health Institute, they say you've got to really, oh, you've got cancer. Congratulations. You have a chance to live because it brings you into the present moment. Did you feel that when you got cancer diagnosis? All oh, of a sudden, yeah. you weren't thinking about the past and future. You're thinking like, shit, now. Right now. What can do I do right now? One in seven women every 19 seconds are getting diagnosed with breast cancer. And every 13 minutes, somebody dies. And in 2015, I read that 2015, 20 or 3,000 men were getting diagnosed with breast cancer. <laughs> you know, like statistics are way crazy. Even men are getting breast cancer. That's not by accident. It's everything that we've been talking about. It's the toxicity. Yeah. It's in our food and everything. So you don't want that. And yeah. there, this is about prevention, people. What we're talking about right now is helping you prevent it because you might not, you might be healthy. You might be in your twenties. You might be in your thirties and think I got it down. After 35, things start changing. Things start sliding well, it's down even, here. It's, it's even worse than that now, Lynn, because children are being born with cancer. Okay. Yeah. It was children were being born overweight. And then it was children being born with diabetes. Now they're being born with cancer. They have the cancer causing crap in them. Mom and dad are break. Mommy and daddy are breaking down. We're de-evolving as a species and we're getting Sicker and sicker and sicker. So the point is, is that right now we have almost 50% of us are going to dropping dead of cancer. If that's not already bad enough, I don't know what is because at the turn of the century, it was about two to three, maybe one to 3% of the population was dying of cancer in 1900. What was going on in 1900? Yeah. People were eating root vegetables and stuff. And, and there wasn't all this chemical pollution after the, yeah. after world war two and those chemical companies you know, they still needed to make money. So they started making chemicals and pesticides and fungicides and herbicides and chemical fertilizer, all these damn chemicals, right? We didn't have all the stress and the toxins and the 2G and the 3G and the 4G and the 5G and the, and the dumb meters that are out, the smart meters, they call them, that are 2.4 gigahertz like a microwave. So in 1900, we had very little cancer. Now we're at 50%. And within, by the year 2040, 2050, we're on pace to be at 68 to 72% of everybody will die of cancer, will have cancer. Think about that. At that point, it will be as common as the cold. But unfortunately, thanks to COVID, the cold and the flu and pneumonia flew the, flew the coop two years ago. So we don't have that anymore. So I can't know if I can go off that, but I'm, I'm being facetious here. But people still get colds. It didn't leave. People still get flu, but everything's COVID now. So it's not. So think about it. Before COVID... Think about three years ago and before that, how often were you getting a cold? How many yeah. people do you know that got colds? That's where we're, that's where we're heading for cancer very shortly. So, so true. and it's already bad enough. Yeah. Again, stress, chemical pollution, lack of nutrition. Those are the three areas to focus on. So you create a lifestyle to handle that stuff. You create a lifestyle like Lynn has to start, well, to work on the stress. Number two, you have a lifestyle that, Stops, you have clean air, clean water, clean food, clean soap, clean anything, clean clothes, no chemicals. And then you go and you start getting fresh foods, fresh foods, fresh foods, fresh foods, sprouts, herbs, green juices. You start flooding your body with good bacteria, all the things that you're gonna, your body needs and the building blocks that your immune system needs to, to keep you strong. There it is. And what Lynn said is very important. This is about prevention, people. 
because there's a lot of people that already have it. They might be too far gone. They don't want to change, whatever. They're, they're down the road motors. But for those of you that are healthy right now, that don't want to be very soon the 50 or the 68 or the 72% mark in cancer uh, that are going to get it, like, let's just get ahead of it now. Let's not wait because we, we see statistically what's happening to everybody, not just older people. It's our children now are getting cancer. Yeah. Look, I mean, how many children cancer centers are there? And there's advertising all the time. And, oh, we want to give to them and stuff like that. Wrong place to go. Yeah. Wrong place to put your money. I agree. All your money needs to be going back into natural stuff, indigenous yourself. medicines. Yeah. Yourself. De-stressing. Getting out in nature. Getting a garden. Why do you think Companies so many people, that support they heal that. gardening because they're outside. They go outside. They're getting in the dirt. They're getting the sunshine. Why? How come none of the how come none of the homeless people and nobody's getting COVID? Oh, maybe because they're outside getting fresh air and vitamin D. Hmm. Magic magic recipe. All right, Lynn. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I hope it inspires and more importantly gets people to to wake up that you know that there's you can handle this and you can take care of it. And 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 Lynn's here to help you. All right. So what I've decided to do, she's a coach for Chemical Free Body. I'm going to bow out. You guys can go to her directly. It'll be half price that way. And you can just work with Lynn directly. So Lynn, how's the, what's the best way for people to contact you? Because I want uh, probably, them to get your help. Yeah. Call, um, call, call. I'm going to give you a number. 503-380-0712. Um, okay. Anybody that's interested in having a conversation, we can chat, see where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So 503-380-0712. That's Shoot the easiest way. Shoot her and just say, hey, I heard you on the Health Hero Show or give her a call. And then she can point you to a place where she can, uh, where you can get scheduled. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. So I really appreciate the listeners around the world for tuning in. Our numbers are growing and it's thanks to you guys for listening. You keep coming back. So I keep trying to uh, find awesome people and awesome content that'll move the needle for you and your family in the health. And, um, if you like this episode, please share it. I mean, everybody listening to this episode I know has either had cancer or knows somebody with cancer. This should be a very easy episode to share. And even if the, the person that has cancer is a dude, it's still the same beast. They still need to know what we shared here tonight. This could be Absolutely. a big fork. In, it could be a big fork on the road for them. Um, that could be a positive. Could be the right. Could be the right road. Right. Yeah. So again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast and thank you for liking and subscribing. I really appreciate you guys. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we will see you again really soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>